Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. Stop and consider the following verses. <clears throat> what do they have in common in relation to Galatians 3.1? Yesterday we were talking about having the cross obscured. What are things that obscure the cross? Why is the cross so important? Why did Paul lay such an emphasis on it, even more than uh, the sins of the people of uh, the book of 1 Corinthians? I mean, they were absolutely uh, out of control in, in, in that city, but yet uh, he didn't condemn them or he didn't mention to them the issue that he mentioned to the people in, the, in, in Galatians. In chapter 3, in verse 1, it says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. That's the key word there. Jesus was crucified among them. They had seen, they had heard, they had believed, they had walked in the truth. And now all of a the sudden they have been bewitched to the point that they don't obey the truth. It didn't say that these people were committing all kinds of hideous sins. It just simply means that something obscured them from walking in truth. When you read 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, the importance of walking, living in truth is that Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So we basically obscure the truth. We obscure Jesus. We obscure the cross. And here's why it is important to understand the work of the cross. We really need to learn to apply it on a daily basis to our individual lives. Let's look at the following scriptures and consider what they all have in common. 1 Corinthians 1, 17 and 18. For Christ sent me not to be bapt to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of men's words, lest the cross of Christ should be made non-effect. Preaching the word of God without the power of God, the spirit of God, causes the cross to be of no effect. We have uh, much, much more to say about that, but I, I want to read these scriptures through today. It says in verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us, us which are saved, it's the power of God. So the preaching of the cross is the power of God. The preaching of the cross and just wisdom, man's wisdom, words of wisdom, and not by the Holy Spirit, is made of no effect. In 1 Corinthians one twenty three. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. Why? Because the crucifixion of Jesus dealt a death blow to sin. It finalized a victory that was so complete concerning Satan that this thing that was so foolish, the cross, was an instrument of the working of God for the power of God to be released 
on mankind for salvation, for deliverance, for healing, and everything else. Look at 1 Corinthians 2, 2. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Once again, stop and think about that. All the emphasis that Paul puts on this. 2 Corinthians 13, 4. For, through, for though He was crucified through weakness, yet He liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in Him. But we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. In Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I, nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul talks about the li- he lives a life that is crucified. When Christ died on that cross, literally we also died with him also being crucified so that a new man might live according to the newness of life in Christ Jesus and not according to the old flesh. In Galatians 5.24, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. With the affections and the lust thereof. So if we say we are Christians, then we live a life that has crucified the flesh. If the flesh is not crucified, if we don't live a life being crucified with Christ, then we're still not dead and buried and resurrected with him. We have to we have to, in our lives, come to a place where we recognize, not just mentally, but on a daily basis, that we have been, as he was put on that cross, we were put there with him. In Colossians 2.14 and 15, it says, he, would, uh, he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, all the accusations of sin that were against us, all the guilt that was contrary to us, all the laws that we had broken Everything that that was against us, it says, which was contrary to us, he took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he showed them openly, triumphing them, triumphing over them in it. It was through the cross that he gained that victory. In Galatians 5.11, And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. In other words, if I don't preach the cross, then I won't be persecuted. But if I preach the cross, then I am going to be persecuted. Galatians 6.14, But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord. People glory in all kinds of things, but not necessarily and always in the cross of Christ. But yet it is in the cross of Christ that he said, By whom the world is crucified unto me, and I to the world. So the world is crucified to me, the flesh is crucified And if we understand these things, then we begin to recognize that we are the walking dead. I'm dead in Christ to everything, but I am alive unto God. I am dead through him because of the cross, but I am alive unto God because of Christ also. 
Hence what Paul said, uh, the life that I now live in the flesh. It's not my life, it's his life. In Ephesians 2.16, it says, And that he might reconcile both the Jews and the Gentiles unto God in one body by the cross. The cross having slain the enmity that was there uh, in it. In Colossians 1.20, it says, Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through the blood of his cross, he has made it available for us to have peace with God, have peace with one another, have peace within ourselves, and to be reconciled. He, by the cross, has reconciled unto himself all things, that by him, I say, whether they be things on earth or things in heaven. Romans 6, 6 says, knowing this. See, we have to know it by personal experience. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that we henceforth should not serve sin. Then Paul says this in Galatians 3, 2 and 3, 3. This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit that now you're perfected by the flesh? He says in Galatians 5.1, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. How are we entangled again with the yoke of bondage? By obscuring the cross, by not looking at what the cross has done for us. The man that died on that cross accomplished what could not have been accomplished any other way to be able to do what he has done, what he is doing, and what yet he will do for mankind. When we look at the cross, we are looking at the instrument of destruction and annihilation of our arched enemy. When we're looking at the cross, we're looking at a weapon that was used to disarm Satan and all his hosts. We're looking at a weapon that silenced sin. We're looking at a weapon that brought about a new nature, uh, a second Adam that was uh, uh, going to be different than the first Adam in the sense that he would be a quickening spirit, not just a living soul. So when we stop and think about what the cross has done, what the cross is doing, and what the cross can do for us, it was at the cross where Jesus hung and our sins hung with him. It was at the cross where his body that had been ridden with all that pain across his back and all those stripes that were put upon him, that our body was healed. Not will be, but was healed. He made it possible. Our sins have hung on that cross 2,000 years. And that's why now, 2,000 years later, someone can call upon the name of the Lord and the power of that cross is still effective. The power of the blood is still effective. The power of the Spirit of God is still effective to bring a whole transformation in spirit, soul, and mind in the life of an individual. 
So once again, I asked the question that I had asked earlier. What does Galatians 3.1 have in common with all these verses that we have just read? O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Who, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. Who has caused you to turn your eyes away from the cross? What has caused you to turn your, way, uh, your eyes away from the cross? Because it is the preaching of the cross that is the power of God to save. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination today. We'll look at these in a little bit of deeper uh, and more profound light tomorrow. Uh, join us in. But until then, the Lord richly and fully bless you. Keep looking up. Our Redeemer that was crucified, buried and rose again, is soon coming. Be prepared. Always. The Lord richly bless you in his precious name. Amen.